I'm your host, Samaita Graver, and I want to welcome you to Truth, Salt, and Spice, the podcast where you will find conversations steeped in biblical truths, sprinkled with salt, and a dash of spice thrown in, you know, for good measure. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm actually, it's a dreary day up here in Pennsylvania. So it is what it is. The dreary days of. I like, I like of a cozy, dreary day. <laughs> yes, a cozy, dreary day. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, I this could is take, the season. I could probably take a week of them, and then I need a little bit of sun. But yeah, no, I don't know. I'm trying to make the best of what it is. <laughs> the older I get, the more I um, dislike fall and winter. But oh well. I mean, it's pretty for a little bit, and then that's it. So right. Well, I yeah. I, I hear you on that. Even my own seasonal. Um, preferences have changed a little over the years. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I was just thinking I should have actually prepared myself better for this, but I was so comfortable with this um, episode that I thought, oh, this is going to go great because I know you, whatever. And (laughs) I was just thinking, well, you've been on before and we had that episodes of um, women in, um, what was the title? See, this is why I should have... uh, written this all down I don't remember but we, we were talking chat, so. <laughs> we sure did have a good chat but this was just uh it was over a year ago so um probably write it down in the little uh show note thing um because once I'm in the app I, I can't look back oh actually but I could look and I'm not gonna do all that anyway <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you on because um when I was thinking of recording when I was thinking of recording for um, for Christmas and Christmas traditions, you were the first person that popped in my head. So I was really excited Whoa. that you had time um, because, well, you know, we've been internet friends for what, five years? I feel like, and, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I always follow, you know, you're very traditional and, and you have certain things that you do and um, your beautiful pottery that you serve your dishes in and um, you know, your amazing pictures. You're a great oh. photographer as well. So I'm like, yes, she is the one. So I'm very excited to um, talk about that, aside from the fact that you have some international life experience. And so I wanted to start there. Sure. Um, I'll just go ahead. You can introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself, because um, I know we have new listeners and tell them, you know, how much you want them to know about you now. And then we can go on to where you were born and how you ended up all the way to where you are now, sure. as far as, you know, <laughs> moving. And then we'll get into what you picked up along the way with your um, Christmas traditions. So sure, that sounds great. Yay. Okay. So, well, I'm Magdalena Altno. Um, I live in a small East Texas town with my family. Um, I have two children and a husband. Um, I'm a homeschool mom, um, a writer, a photographer, and then about 17 other side jobs that I do. Um, I run a children's ministry at my church. Um, and now I'm also a social media manager for my church. So, um, I feel like I'm a busy person, but I really love um, the coziness of home probably more than anything. I'm a real 
I'm a real homebody. Um, I have no problem being at home for long periods of time. Um, and I just, I don't know that there's just something about the traditions that we have at home and, and the way that I think that home can nourish um, the people that you love. That's really important to me. And so I don't know that's kind of the, um, I feel like that's the posture of that. Like I want my life to have, if that makes sense. So, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. That's kind of it <laughs> in a nutshell. In a nutshell. You know, I can talk a lot more, but well, that's probably good. <laughs> Girlfriend, um, so can I. So can I talk a lot. We're uh, verbose, very verbose right? women. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? It's a gift, right? <laughs> right. You know, when, when God started giving out the gifts of speak, we, we were quite a few of us in line. <laughs> right. That's funny. So I know that I know bits of your story, but now I'm really curious uh, to get, you know, more in depth and talk about um, your family is from Poland, right? Correct. Yes. And so we can start from there. Now, I was even thinking yesterday, I said, was she born there? I don't know. She was actually born there. So that's where I want to start. Like, were you born there? Were you born somewhere else? No, I was born. I was born in Poland um, in Mm -hmm. in Gdańsk, um, which is right on the Baltic Sea. Um, and my family, uh, escaped Poland, uh, when I was about two years old. And then we were refugees for a year in Austria. Um, and then we moved to Canada. So that's where I grew up. So are you bilingual then? I am probably not as well as people who are like immersed in it. Mm -hmm. The, like just because when my family left we didn't like I didn't grow up with any family other than my immediate family Mm. um so all of my cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents and everybody you know was still in Poland so the only Polish that I had was what I had at home um now when I when I hit university um I made it a point um I took Polish in university because I wanted it to be able to read and write because I can I could understand what you're saying to me um, and I can speak Polish, but I wanted to be able to like that, that side of it that I think people sometimes don't, I think people assume if you know a language, then you know how to read and write in that language. Oh yeah, no. Mm -hmm. But not if it was just what was spoken in your house. Like it's just not the same thing, Mm -hmm. but you know, the immigrant experience for people who who've lived that um, and maybe when I was growing up, which, you know, I mean, that was in the what mid eighties when, by the time I started like, like elementary school, um, there was a big emphasis even in Canada at that time of like, well, you know, your daughter's English isn't very, isn't very good. So we need to work on that. And, um, so my parents reached a point where they were like, well, we have to speak English at home. Mm. And so, um, not, not, like solely, but they made a um, stronger effort for that. So I think that that also affects it. Do you know what I mean? Because there's, yep. for many people, if you live in a, in a community um, where it's just, you're all around it all the time, it's just, that's different. So um, I feel like my, the language that I, the, the Polish that I do have um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've worked really hard for. So um, but I, but I can speak Polish and I, I mean, I, 
I love watching like Polish shows. If I can find a Polish show on Netflix, I get very excited. Um, also, I love it when I can walk out of the room and, you know, like I can laugh at a joke. Does that make sense? And like, yes. because I, because you know, they put the subtitles on because obviously other people on Netflix are not, um, are not fluent in Polish, but I, that was a big thing for me. And actually a couple years ago, I was able to find some um, audio books on Audible that were by Polish authors. And um, I was, I would just start listening to it ironically while cooking. Um, and I found myself like getting the jokes and laughing mm. at things. And that to me, I was like, wait a minute. I think I might actually be like, I've got it a little bit. I like, I've maintained that better than I thought that I had because um I just, I mean, I think if you speak another language, you know, like to understand a joke, like you have to understand the language better, like, you know, because otherwise yeah. you miss, you're like, I didn't realize that was a joke, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. You have to have even cultural context a bit and know, you know, what some words mean. It's yeah. And you have to know a little bit of background in order to get jokes a lot of times. So, you know, I, I totally understand that for sure. Um, so that's really exciting. I'm actually really happy for you because, you know, I'm bilingual. I, I speak Spanish <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I love that. I really think that people that speak more than, you know, one language are smarter. And I don't mean to sound arrogant or whatnot, but there's something about the brain that develops that just makes you think differently or better or something comprehend i'm not sure what it is but it just does <laughs> well I, I i imagine it at least has to be challenging your brain in some way <laughs> that uh, you know so oh, i mean and and then you know those people that are really 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 smart they don't need to learn another language they can just you know <laughs> <laughs> they can just stay as they are <laughs> <laughs> you're like but listen if you've so already the rest of us if you've already met your quota for smartness exactly. you need to just simmer down uh, just stay <laughs> monolingual That's funny. so the rest of us have a chance oh my goodness so um once you moved to canada i imagine your parents probably um you know having moved as adults um, probably made a huge effort to keep a lot of the polish traditions and food and whatnot so you know what what was that like growing up? So I think this is, I, to me, this is like a very interesting thing um, that obviously I, I think about often just because um, of the way that like I am now choosing to raise my children and I'm even further removed from any of the culture that I was around because, you know, where I grew up in Canada, which was in Edmonton, Edmonton is this, is the capital city of the province of Alberta. Okay. And, um, but even at the time, like, I think at the time that I was growing up, Edmonton probably had something like 700,000 people in it. And, um, but there was a large, like, there were lots of um, Polish and Ukrainian, German, Italian immigrants. So like, there was quite a, like, I went to school with a lot of different types of kids, like people who were from all over and Canada generally has that feel like you just see a lot more um, of that, not everywhere, but you know, certainly if you're living in a bigger city. So, but I think 
the immigrant experience changes something because especially like for my parents who came the way that they came and with, you know, two small children, things become about survival and they don't necessarily become about, you know, um, dishes. Preserving. Yeah. Like they yeah. do, they, but, but I think the irony is, and sometimes we joke around because people say things like, well, oh, well, so, you know, what do you eat at fo- at home? Do you eat Polish food at home? And it, we joke, we're like, well, I mean, if it's at home, it's, it's just food, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> like, it's not, if we don't, you don't put it in the box of like, today we eat Polish food, mm-hmm. tomorrow we, it's just, you just eat what you know, right? Yeah. And unless, you know, and I could see like coming from some um, cultural backgrounds or nationalities where like, let's say you move in, it's, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess imagine like, if in the 80s, you moved from Japan, you know, finding seaweed in Edmonton and the types of sort of more specialized ingredients might be a little bit trickier. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you have to make these slightly different changes. Um, But I think that like, you know, if you're eating like, if you eat chicken or you eat pork or you eat potato, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you can buy the same base ingredients, but then the way that you prepare them is what makes them, you know, Unique, yeah. U- unique to your culture. So now the the funny thing is, of course, is that my parents actually opened up a Polish deli. Um, so in that way, I feel like that is in that aspect of like survival, right? Of, um, well, we, we got to make it, we're going to make it work. My, my dad was a chemist in Poland and my mom was an accountant. Um, but they opened up a Polish deli. And so... Uh, that I feel is the biggest way in which the sort of the like Polish culture was um, ingrained in, in our family Uh, because, you know, I mean, I grew up eating more Polish candy and more Polish style like foods than other ones, even though I grew up in Canada because, well, no, we're not going to go buy candy from the store if we have candy in our store. Right. Like, you know, you don't go buy other st- like why would you waste your money doing that we we have it right here and so in some ways that's one of those kind of funny things um just by the by virtue of my the line of work my parents had um those things were sort of a huge part of um just how i i don't know like they're they're they are my food memories Um, It doesn't mean that I don't have like Canadian food memories because obviously, you know, you don't, it's not like a hundred percent all the time, but it definitely, um, it definitely played a huge role. And so, you know, a lot of very traditional, you know, Polish brands and, and things like that are things that I grew up with. And, and I still, they're still kind of the comfort foods for me, um, like now, so if I can get my hands on something that I, you know, used to eat that way um, when I was younger, it's like it, it's very meaningful to me. So um, but at, as far as like home life, well, like I said, I mean, it was just like, well, we just cook like dishes that my mom already knew how to cook because, you know. Um, and so, yes, they were definitely different. Like, don't get me wrong. I still remember we were, you know, Polish people don't. Well, at least at the time, I mean, 
people didn't do sleepovers and but like that was like a big thing in Canada to like mm-hmm. have a sleepover and um so I still remember having sleepovers and people looking at our at our breakfast and being like wait what 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 <laughs> what, what? what and, did I, and I didn't think it was like crazy like mm-hmm. but to them they were like but I mean aren't we just gonna have like cereal mm-hmm. and I was like well no but I don't it's and by the, for the record, it wasn't anything crazy. It was just like, yeah. um, I mean, well, I guess you may have seen, but you know, we we had a deli, so it was not abnormal to have, you know, deli meat and sandwich bread and cheeses and, you know, things like that that would, um, I don't know, that to us seemed like a completely normal breakfast, but to someone else, they were like, we're having deli meat for breakfast. Like it was. It was just outside of, I don't know, I guess what they were used to, which is, mm-hmm. fi- which is fine. But I, I do remember feeling often um, like we were doing something wrong. Not like mm. bad wrong, yeah. but like, oh, you're not normal. Yeah. And, and I still remember, you know, my dad sold like Nutella and Nutella type spreads in the deli. Um and I still remember being made fun of in like the third grade for having a Nutella sandwich. And at lunch. <laughs> if they only knew now. <laughs> and I know, but you know, that was so funny because I was like, they were like, oh my gosh, you have a chocolate sandwich. And I kept thinking, and I was an extremely like excruciatingly shy person. Like, I mean, very like it, just very painfully shy but in the back of my head I was like I mean you've got some bologna sandwich and I'm eating chocolate like I'm not sure how I'm I'm like (laughs) you're losing I feel like I got the better end of this deal but okay like but you know in those those are sort of the things that chip away you're like I don't know maybe we are weird Mm -hmm. but I, I remember I had there was there was this one time where my mom was having some an operation and um so she was not able to make our school lunches and so bless it my dad my dad made our lunches (laughs) and his concept of like survival for the day was very different from my mom's and um so polish people are really good at sausage but um we my you know it's like a garlic sausage okay and so I, I think my dad put like a half a link of a garlic sausage in my lunchbox um and they were those like they were those um I don't know if you remember but well I because I don't remember when you how you didn't grow up did you grow up in the U.S. I moved to Puerto Rico until I was 20 when um I was 10 um so I was 80 something 74 84 okay in the 80s yeah in the 80s they had we had these like you know hard case lunch boxes with a thermos yes Mm -hmm. so like I unclicked that puppy and let me tell you that smell of garlic sausage was and people were like oh my gosh what are you eating for lunch (laughs) your parents gave you a sausage like I I was mortified but you know it was funny because even at that age I was like but my dad did the best that he could like I I, 
I was, it was one of, it's a very, I don't know if it's like, I could say, I could say it's just me and my personality, but I do think that something happens when you are like the child of like the child of immigrants and you've watched your parents go through the things. And so you see the, you see how hard they're trying to make it all work, but you're kind of like, you have one foot in two worlds. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted so badly to fit in and belong, but I loved my home life and I loved the foods that we ate. And I, do you know what I mean? Like all of that. So I, I also felt simultaneously protective of it. Um, and so it's, it was, it's just an interesting line to walk as a child and feel like, okay, well, how can I, um, how do I not like, I never wanted to erase that part of myself to fit in. Like that didn't feel like it was worth it because I liked who we were and I liked our food and I, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's, you know, that's kind of one of those, uh, um, I guess the challenges of being the challenges of being, um, an immigrant and, and trying to, um, I think they call someone, I don't even know, honestly, because, I, I feel like I've never fit into a single definition of things, but for a lot of people that that would be considered like a third culture kid. Right. So mm. you're like, you're growing up in a culture that is not the culture of your home. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's just, you know, you, you find yourself sort of juggling all these different, um, all these different expectations and the ones that you have at home, but also, the ones that you have outside of home and um, and that can, you know, that can be challenging at times for sure. But I think for me, ultimately, I was like, no, I, I kind of like who we are enough that I'm like, I'm not I'm not interested in wiping that away because it still means a lot to me. I didn't realize how much until I actually moved to Texas. So and I was away from my own family for sure. And then I was really like, mm, yeah, no, I'm definitely hanging on to some of this stuff. So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Your story there as you were speaking um, reminded me. So when I moved to Puerto Rico, I um, started fifth grade there. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the first day of school, I had my uniform on because everybody wears uniforms in Puerto Rico, whether you're in private school or public school. Mm-hmm. Thank God, because we didn't have a whole lot of money. So that was everybody was uniform. Right. Um, so anyway, that said, I remember walking up the steps to the front of the school and this girl, we never became friends or anything. I, I just remember she was a very light skinned Puerto Rican with dark black hair. And um, she runs up to me and fixes my socks. Cause I, and I can't remember how I had them, but whatever she did, I had, I was wearing them according to how they were wearing the socks in the States. You know how sometimes they're scrunched up or they're right. all the way up or whatever, one of those. And she actually came running to me, fixed my socks and just ran off. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, okay. You know, and that was it. That was the interaction. And, you know, I'm listening to your story and, uh, you know, my experience was so different. And we Puerto Ricans are just not exclusive people. We're not individualistic. And it was just so loving of her to come up and be like, this is how we wear them here. And that was it. Now, I could have chosen to put them however the heck I wanted because, you know, I'm that personality. But (laughs) I didn't care that much either way. Didn't matter to me because clothes has never been, you know, a big thing for me. Um, And so, but it was just very, you know, 
it was just really kind of her to come up and be like, oh, let me help you out, girlfriend. Right. <laughs> As opposed to me coming up to school and everybody making fun of me because my... Being like, why are you wearing your socks like Yeah, that? socks are like that, right? And um, so I still keep in, in touch t- as well with friends from Puerto Rico. We were talking recently. We had a, an elementary school reunion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, they started saying how they were all like what kind of name is that? And we're all like, we didn't know how to say your name. And they started, you know, making fun of my name. And I never found out. I didn't know. So they weren't making fun of my face or anything, you know, and that lasted a minute and then it was fine. And, you know, we've been friends for years. Um, But just even that, just, that would have never happened here. People start making, you know, kids are, kids are mean. (laughs) Oh no, I definitely, I mean, Uh, I definitely felt that for my name and it's, you know, and my last name, my maiden name did not help either. So, I mean, um, I would always know when, especially if like new class or new teacher or substitute teacher, forget mm-hmm. it. I could see them. And, you know, it was in alphabetical order. So you kind of knew it was coming. But I yeah. would just watch their faces when they would get to my name and be like, oh. And you know how sometimes they think like, well, I'll just start with the first name instead because I can't get yeah. to the last name. And then they'd be like, oh, what? And so it just was never. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely got made fun of and people were like, well, that's a weird name. And I mean, I always thought it was funny because, I mean, in Canada, um, Catholic schools are kind of like public schools. They're not um, they're not Catholic schools are not private schools. So you can just choose. They're sort of like they're in every neighborhood and you, you just pick. Do you want to go to Catholic school or public school? Um, are they free? So, mm-hmm, yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, um, but that was the, so it was just a very interesting thing that I was like, but it's in the Bible. Like, I, I mean, I don't understand how people don't like recognize it, but I thought that would go away when I moved to Texas. I'm like, well, this is the Bible belt. Surely they know, but no people like, I have never heard that name. Well, I thought you were Hispanic. But in Texas, I do get that. I do get that in Texas. I think people assume they're going to see. In fact, I had a funny experience um, when I was at one of the very last stages of my um, immigration process. And it was like my final processing, my final like the last time they're going to fingerprint you, the last time they're going to, you know, take a photo and, you know, we had walked into this processing center, um, my husband and I, and we were, <laughs> we were the only white people. I mean, of anybody, because yeah. it was like, you know, African-American people working and, and everyone else was Hispanic and the whole room was Hispanic. And I got like all kinds of looks, but we were like, Hey, I mean, we're here like everybody else. <laughs> like I gotta, gotta get my stuff done. But the, the guy who was going to process my paper had been like, he, I mean, when the, we came in, the room was packed, like just every seat taken but we were one of the last ones and so you know and he you know he's he's like in his mode right you know like okay next whatever okay line up here so he takes my paper he doesn't even look at me he just glances down sees the magdalena and just starts talking in spanish and i was like (laughs) oh no i i'm sorry i don't and he then and then he did a double take and he was like oh Oh, okay. Because, you know, I mean, for forever on every passport I'll ever have, it will, you always have to say where you were born, right? So then he's like, oh, Poland. Oh, what? I mean, I just, I kind of blew his whole like rhythm. 
because you shattered all his preconceived notions. He didn't see me coming. He just didn't (laughs) see me coming. But yeah, so here it's here. It's common for people to assume that I would be. But that's a Catholic thing. Right. I mean, because Magdalena is I mean, I, I, I feel like at least that's what we would tell you from Poland. Be like, well, it's a Catholic name because, you know, we take lots of names out of the Bible. So that's I mean. Um, not that they don't hear, but it just seems like obviously that's not one of them. Well, the spelling is just different because it would be Magdalene instead of Magdalena. It's right. Just, you know, the translation of how we decided to translate the name. Fascinating, fascinating. So um, yes. I want to transition into then. Um, why are you outside? It's really windy um, or something I hear. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just your breathing. I, ha- I haven't even moved. <laughs> I was just like, wow, is there a storm going on out there? Um, I wanted to ask you, um, what traditions did you pick up um, growing up, uh, if you picked up any from Canada as well, and I guess from the U.S., and how have you incorporated that and made it into your own Christmas? So let's start with Christmas Eve, and then we can move through, unless you do stuff before that. I, see, I'm not a traditionalist and stuff, so I just generally assume people, you know, start at Christmas Eve, but I know some people start right after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so um, if you have anything well, that you start before that, go right on ahead. Well, so, I mean, Canada is interesting, like, especially this, this year is really funny to me because, you know, so many people are decorating for Christmas right now. Mm-hmm. Um and everyone like this is like scandalous right and in the u.s because like you're supposed to wait until at least thanksgiving is over but in canada thanksgiving's in october so it's completely normal for us to start decorating in november like november 1st Mm. we would always put up our christmas tree because we were already done all that so so halloween was over halloween was you know kind of the end of that and also because um well where i grew up it was even further north than um, most like, well, any place, any Northern place in, in the United States. Right. I mean, other than Alaska, obviously, but like, so it's, I mean, having snow trek retreating was not like an abnormality. So, you know, it didn't, wasn't really fall anymore, but I wouldn't really consider that like food stuff. It was just, we had a bigger break between Thanksgiving, um, and Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve for us has always been a traditional Christmas Eve, um, which is a Polish one. Okay. And so that's something that actually we still keep in our family, like in my own home today, partially because as it turned out, when um, Chris and I got married, it they don't do like their Christmas Eve was like appetizers and um, like it was more just like a party thing. Whereas for us, like that was the most important day for us. Like Christmas Day was sort of like, now you get to relax. And yes, we have a nice meal, but it was not like for, we feel about, Polish people feel about Christmas Eve. Like I think most people feel about their Christmas Day. Let me ask you something. Here, at least that's been. Is your husband Polish? Or from descent? No, he's not. Because with that last name, it's like, what, what is. Well, (laughs) well, that's no. So his, his grandfather's actually from, um, was, is actually German. Um, but which is the last name, but the, um, but it's actually really funny because my husband's huge into genealogy stuff. 
And then it turned out that actually, like, his great-great-grandparents all lived in, like, you know, when it was, like, because, you know, Poland's been, like, taken Mm -hmm. apart so many times, but lived in a part of what would have been Prussia that is, like, two hours from where my family is. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a crazy thing, because now, like, there are records and stuff that he wants to get his hands on and he'll be able to get those like in Poland. So it's kind of nuts. Um, we kind of think that's one of those like weird, like just because of how we met and, you know, cause he's from Texas and I was living in Canada and it was, you know, like, what are the chances? Yeah, that is okay. Um, cause I wasn't sure if he had a different than traditions and if he was traditionalist and how that worked out with blending both, but go ahead. You, you can, I think that so my husband's family is deaf. No, you're good. That that my my husband's family, I think, is just more like maybe like Southern traditional as far as like, you know, they they have I would say. And I think that like um, I mean, there are definitely some recipes and things that I had never encountered before until I moved here. Like I didn't know what like um, the cornbread dressing was, which is like a huge thing down here. Um, but I think that it's that's sort of been the nicest thing for us is that we've been able to um, to have a traditional Polish meal on Christmas Eve, um, which is still like extremely meaningful to me. And then still be able to have, you know, like Chris's traditional type family meal. Um, and my mother-in-law and I always kind of, you know, work together on that um, as well so that we can sort of we can honor both of those. Um, growing up, I did, we didn't have to worry about that because we didn't have any family. So um, it was it was just us. And then, you know, and so Christmas Eve was Christmas Eve. And then, you know, Christmas Day was relaxed, to be fair, because of my parents, um, because of, the, you know, a Polish deli. And my parents were actually, there were other ethnic food delis in Edmonton at the time, but my parents opened the first oh, Polish wow. one. Um, in Edmonton at the time, by the time that they sold their business, it there were lots and lots of them. But especially in those early days, like the my parents were so tired by the time Christmas Eve rolled around um, because they had been, you know, because everybody else needs to have food on their tables for. Yeah, they were preparing like, for the Christmas so it was, season for other people. So they were selling extra, I imagine. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So our, so ours, uh, you know, for a lot of years was definitely more, I mean, sometimes not as, you know, fancy as then it later was able to become. Um, but I think that like, so, I mean, I still remember, you know, Christmases with my, my dad being so tired, he was like falling asleep at the table. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, just because they had like, you've been working like crazy hours all leading up to it and then it was like that that christmas you know eve like once the once the deli would close and you'd clean everything up because now you're going to be closed for a couple days was you know sort of like that last push and so christmas eve wasn't always um, i think the way that it can be now for us but um there was just something about like maybe finally getting our parents back you know what i mean and having that time with them that was like that really meant a lot and i think that that's probably what i've really Mm -hmm. stuck to um, I think one of the things that we picked up in Canada, which is not something that obviously is really done in in Poland, I don't even think in lots of Europe, um, but 
and it so in that sense it really does start with thanksgiving but i mean my parents had never made a turkey before canada right like like having like yeah. a turkey dinner was like that that was the thing so when my par- my parents were like well where you live here now so we're going to we should do these things and so even though thanksgiving is not a holiday that is celebrated um in poland they were like we're doing thanksgiving and so they kind of they kind of threw themselves into that and then as the years went on they started adding that to the christmas um dinner as well for for christmas day but um but we still sort of so i guess in that sense we were also separating like christmas eve is for our traditions and then christmas day is for um you know sort of more canadian or north american traditions and then when i moved to when i moved to texas um i moved to get married like we got married um we had our wedding and then um like two three months after is when um well first hurricane so we were living in southeast texas at the time um so hurricane katrina happened and then like a month later uh, hurricane rita came through and it like sent a pine tree through our master bedroom and we were like out of our house until the week before Christmas. Wow. And so that like, it was a lot of change already to like move and then be away from my family and then to have, um, and then to sort of, sort of be disrupted. Like, you know, like then even the trying to settle in and you're a newlywed and you're trying to, figure out what this life is going to look like. And there were like so many other, you know, there were so many other things going on. And then all of a sudden now you're like displaced for three months out of your house. And we were like, honestly, like, I can't even like, I can't complain because it was like, we were really lucky that, you know, ours got fixed as quickly as it did. I feel like we just got super lucky that um, cause the demand was huge. There was lots and lots of, you know, there was tons of damage. Um, I mean, we couldn't even get back in for like, I mean, close to a month. I think we, there were curfews and all kinds of stuff just because the damage was so bad from that hurricane. And so, um, but I felt really lost. I felt really, really lost, um, and very emotional. And I was trying to like, you know, get some sense of something normal and I was like, well, if they don't, you know, if, if Chris's family isn't like gonna, you know, if, if Christmas Eve isn't that important to them, then maybe like, and I don't mean like it's not important to them, but it does, it didn't carry the yeah. same weight. Like it was a relaxed, you know, chill thing. Um, and so if, if it doesn't, then maybe that's room for us to do that. And so I invited my in-laws. I said, I'm going to do this thing. We had this tiny house and this tiny kitchen, but I was like, I'm, I'm doing the stuff. And like, I went, I mean, I went all out. I, I did the whole tradition. It was my first Christmas away from my family. Um, and so I did the thing and I was like super proud of myself. And I also couldn't remember how, I, I couldn't believe how much stuff I remembered. And then it just kind of never went away. Like then it just became like there is something that brings me great joy to have things that I ate when I w- was growing up, um, you know, that one day a year. Not that I don't eat other Polish foods, but, but I mean, I feel like just like, you know, you probably aren't having turkey 
dinners, you know, I mean, people tend to sort of reserve yeah. those for, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, so what do you do? It That's the same way. Christmas Eve. So in Polish tradition, you, um, it's the, the name of like Christmas Eve is called Vigilia, which sort of, I mean, translates to oh, like Vigilia, vigil, yeah. right? Wow, that's very similar to Spanish. Is it because of the Latin so, root? I mean, I feel like it's the language. Polish isn't a, a romance language. No, no, it's, okay. a, it's a Slavic language. But um, but Vigilia, I mean, it just, I think, again, I think that does, though, come back to Catholic. the... Um, yeah, to the mm-hmm. Catholic traditions, because the re- the reason as well, of course, is because so it is a vigil. You're supposed to start like you start your meal at the when you see the first star in the like in mm-hmm. the sky or whatever, like it's a whole thing. Um, but um, there so we don't have any meat mm-hmm. that night, but we have so but you're allowed mm-hmm. to have fish, obviously. So. Um, we have a lot of herring, um, so different types of herring, which I happen to love. So <laughs> that works well for me. Um, and then we do some kind of like a fried, like either cod. Um, it's harder for me here now because it's hard for me to get some of the types of fish. So, but some kind of a mm-hmm. white fish usually is like not salmon, but like some kind of a white fish. So cod or haddock, whatever. I mean, I can get my hands on, um, and then pierogies, mm. and um, so in a lot of Polish homes, they make. Um, well, in Polish, it's called bashed, but you know, most people would know it mm-hmm. as borscht, right? So, um, so like a beet soup. But in my family, um, my grandmother, and then as a result, my mom, all, they always made a wild mushroom soup. And so we eat a wild mushroom soup with potatoes in it. And then this is probably not traditional, but this is just something my mom always did because the wild, the, the soup, you have to use so many mushrooms for it that there, you have a whole bunch of mushrooms left over. So then we actually make wild mushroom crepes out of it. So we, you, you take some of the mushrooms out of the soup because there's plenty of them. And then, um, and then we just, we, we make wild mushroom crepes and, so there'll be bread and there'll be um, like very traditional Polish desserts. Usually the idea is that you're supposed to have like 12 dishes at the table because they represent the 12 apostles. Oh, I love that. And so mm-hmm. I do too. And so, but you know, sometimes like, and this is one of those things where it's like, where you believe that tra- like that traditions matter, but that it, it not in a, at least this is how it was in my home. The traditions matter, but not in a legalistic mm-hmm. way. So, for example, if you have two different kinds of pierogies, those count as two different <laughs> dishes, right? Like, um, and some years, because of just how hard it would be to just get, you know, like I said, with my parents being completely exhausted, we'd be like, the bread counts mm. as a dish. You know, the and, and you just, but I I mean, at the end of the day, it's still like, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's still a beautiful meal. And I love the the heart mm-hmm. of the tradition. And so I think that that's always the important thing to me. Like, I don't ever want it to feel like, well, we have to do this because we have to do this. Like, that's not really what tradition is about for me. Because I think it's about how it makes you feel. Right. So if it becomes like 
a burden um, and it becomes that stressful, then I think it, then you lose the joy of it. And then this is why I think that sometimes people were, are like, oh, never mind. I don't care about tradition. Um, but I think when you give yourself some of that room to be like, well, no, we, we're going to, we're going to make it, um, we're going to make it work. And also because you just have to be realistic. I mean, I'm, I, no doubt there were times um, where people could not have, you know, all of that. Um, I think about mm-hmm. wartime and, you know, other very difficult seasons. I mean, before my parents left, it was, you know, people were, this is one of the things that, you know, was the the straw that broke the camel's back for my parents was, you know, my mom waiting with food rations in a food line and waiting there for three or four hours with two small children only to get to the front of the line and the person in front of her got the last mm. of everything. And so like, you know, so you have to assume, I just think you have to like recognize like people haven't always, just because people have traditions doesn't mean that they're, that they've kept those traditions, um, you know, meticulously and legalistically because life doesn't always let us do that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, Yes, ideally 12 dishes. And so in, I would say in times of feast and not famine, then you can um, um, then you can sort of aim yeah. for that. And enjoy the abundance. Um, and then right? I think uh, mm-hmm. precisely. So that's a, that's a big deal. Um, and then when my actually when my parents had the deli, one of the things that they added to it and then that they continued even after they sold the, the deli part of it is that they they had a bakery we they made polish cheesecakes and polish um polish cheesecakes and polish poppy seed uh, rolls and um and that was kind of a, a huge part of our family and um although ironically now that's not something that i make because it was something that was so very um it was very like I don't know when you, when you do it for like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and it just becomes like, I don't know. Baking is just not like, I just don't bake because I mean, I do sometimes, but it's not, um, I don't know. It's like when it's the thing that your family did and it became, it was like almost industrial in that sense. (laughs) You you Um, lost the love for it. Uh, well, and also in in a lot of ways, because it was like such a like machine in a way, like it was still a small, like my, we did it. We actually had a license. My parents did it in our basement, but um, with all commercial stuff. But I mean, it was, I don't know, like when you're a teenager, your mom's not like, sure, let's bake cookies together because it just didn't, there was mm-hmm. like work to be done. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, it was just different. And so I don't, you know. Um, and I've done them before. I've done some of the stuff before, but it's at this point, it's probably not like my, it's not my priority though. I did that first Christmas. I, I made poppy seed rolls that first Christmas. Cause I was like, I am getting all of the traditions. <laughs> um, and at that time I need, I felt like that Christmas specifically, I really yeah. needed it. Does that make sense? I needed something that felt like home even if it was as I was now making new traditions with my, in my own home with my new husband and in a new Well, way. it was something so. that you knew well that would bring you comfort and that you could control. So, 
Yeah. It's true. Especially in a, in a exactly. season that had felt so exactly. out of control. It makes total sense. So yeah, absolutely. Makes total sense. So you make 12 dishes for the 12 apostles. Now, do you do anything mm-hmm. other special for the Vigilia, the, the visual part? Like, I know you started mentioning that when you see the first star, what if it's a cloudy night? Like what happens? <laughs> I mean, it's an yeah. estimate. And again, that's just not one of those things that we are... Um, like, even when I was growing up, that wasn't like, I mean, you did it mm-hmm. when you could do it. Like, if you happen to, if it happened to be a year where, like, there was more time and you could do it, then mm-hmm. then we did it. But, you know, I think for me, it's always been more about, like, I love where the traditions come from and what they are meant to mean. <clears throat> and so that part mm-hmm. is meaningful to me. Um, just like, you know, when... Um, and we, when we've been able to, we've done it. Some years we can't because there's too many people at the table. But when I was growing up, it was a thing too. We used to leave. Um, a, it's a it is a Polish tradition to leave an empty seat, like set a place for, you know, um, a potential mm. guest. Right, that whole like, you know, like um, oh now I've forgotten the thing, but the one where it's like. You know, you could be feeding Mm, angels mm -hmm. or, you know, like, do you know what I'm talking about? So there was always that, like, you never know. And it could be, and when we were growing up, they were like, Jesus himself could come and eat at your table. Did you have anybody unexpected ever growing up? (laughs) No. Okay. No. That would have been neat. (laughs) But but I feel like always the thought was like, Mm -hmm, but it could mm -hmm. happen. And we wouldn't want, we like, you would never want to turn away Jesus or an angel. (laughs) So, um. But it was just one of those, like, I don't know, it was it was just meaningful to know that, like, that that was important to us. And that, you know, so it those are the kinds of things that, like, and like I said, like, now, I mean, there have been Christmas food. I'm like, no, like, we don't have any more room at the table. Like, there's literally, I mean, we could squeeze someone in, but, like, I can't just put an extra plate here, mm-hmm. you know, at this moment. I would if someone knocked on my yep. door. Does that make sense? Like, that would be different. But, I mean... Um, and I will say that there was a tradition that when we were growing up, um, we did with my parents more than we do now. Um, it's probably been something I've maybe been a little bit of protective about just because it had such meaning, but when, um, so Polish people have a tradition of taking, it's called, it's called, um, an opwatek mm-hmm. and it's a um, it's essentially like a communion mm-hmm. wafer and it is sort of like before the meal a breaking of the bread with each other and so everyone gets like a piece um, they're usually like rectangle like I mean I remember my grandmother used to send them to us in like with her Christmas card so we mm-hmm. would have it um, nowadays you can buy them um, probably like in a Polish store somewhere but um, and I've ordered them in the past, but it's basically like a, like a traditional communion wafer and you then take yours and, um, like you're not even seated at the table or at least we weren't. And you would go around to each person and you would break off a piece and you would give them a piece of it, but you would also tell them like, like I'm not, cause I'm going to cry. Um, you would tell them like your wishes for them for the coming mm. year. And, um, no, go ahead. That's beautiful. But so it was like, 
I think some of my most meaningful memories are having my parents speak those blessings mm-hmm. over me. Um, just because like life was so busy and then to have those moments of just like calm and of like seeing that your parents see you, see yeah. you and that they have these like deep wishes and they they see what your gifts and your talents are and and to know that the good that they want for your future like I don't know it was just it really um it was just a really uh, meaningful tradition and I think it's it's that one was harder for me to translate um moving to Texas um I think a little bit and um I don't know. It just, it feels very, it, that one feels very sick. I knew you were going to say that. that makes sense. <laughs> so I um, had a feeling that was the word you were going to use to describe it. Uh, but when I think about it, um, I, I want, I, I feel like I need to find a way um, to not like, I don't want my children to miss on that. Like that's one of those. So I, I think that that's something that, I may need to sort of work on and find a way um, to like be able to incorporate that for them too. Because um, even though I spend a lot of time mm-hmm. with my kids and I'm like mom, teacher, coach, like I'm always, I'm always giving the pep talks, but th- so were my parents. And so this is the, that, that there was something very different about that moment um, that, I don't want them to not have. Yeah. So I think that that's, yeah. But so I think that between those and then, of course, so when I was growing up, Santa came on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. So that was um, and uh, that is not the same tradition, obviously, that we've been able to keep with our children. So we don't we don't do it that way. Um, but we do the, what we've done with our own family is that we've allowed for. Uh, we take that time because I don't know. Christmas can be very chaotic when you're trying to like incorporate everybody's, like all the family and like my parents and and then Chris's parents and then us and it's always been like how do we keep it? how do we make everybody feel like they're seen and like you know and it doesn't become an overwhelming thing because I think it's so easy for the holidays to become so 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 overwhelming. And so um, we let our kids open the gifts from my family on Christmas Eve, since that is a like Polish mm-hmm. thing. And then we and then we just split everything up. So I've like I had to because we used to have the most chaotic Christmas um, eves with everybody trying to open everything, and it was just nobody even knew anymore yeah. what was happening. And I I thought people work so hard to to like want to bless each other at Christmas that way that I wanted my kids to be really aware of, Hey, you know, so they call my parents, Babcha, my Mm grandma, my mom, Babcha. And then the word for uh, grandfather in Polish is Jadek. But when they were little, it was just easier to call Mm -hmm. him Jaja. So, um, so I want them to know, like, you know, like Babcha and Jaja took their time to think about like this for you 
Um, and then, and I want the same for my in-laws. Like I want them to have that moment where, you know, that it just doesn't become this like mad frenzy of stuff. And then not, cause I think behind the gift is always the mm-hmm. intention, right? Like everybody buys a gift for whether it's my kids or for us, for each other, that it's like, because I thought of you or I saw this and I thought this would mean something to you. And so I didn't want that to get lost in the shuffle. So that's kind of how we've, you know, arranged also everybody has their moment. Um, which is funny because, you know, like, so I never had growing up, I didn't have like Christmas morning moments because we were done like Christmas morning, everybody slept in and relaxed and, you know, rolled down whenever it was like, you were you know. done sleeping. So, but now, <laughs> exactly. Um, but now like my kids are like, come on, we have to open presents, but that is our time with just the four of us that we get to, you know, have that quiet time and, um, opening gifts and stuff. And so that's kind of been a nice way to incorporate. And then they open stuff with my in-laws. We do all of that with them after Christmas dinner. So it's sort of, I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. There's, I'm not saying there's like, there's no right way to do all that stuff, but this is sort of the, the, the way that it worked for us that I felt like could honor at each one of those relationships. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. And I love that because so. let me tell you something. I mean, it is um, disheartening, you know, through the years. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm distracted. Are you breathing? You're breathing into the microphone, I think is what it is. Cause it's like, yeah, Am I? it's I'm really, <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, it's disheartening to see, you know, online and friendships and different people and the, just the drama of the Christmas season and how some people just won't give up whatever or just Christmas gift buying is such a big deal. And it's just like it creates so much animosity and discord and people Christmas rolls around and it's a season of celebration, you know, and, and you know, the birth of Christ. Um regardless of whether it happened in December or not, uh, whatever, you know, but right, just, you yeah. know, the sentiment of it. And it just has turned into such a materialistic and selfish thing. <laughs> I'm just, this I'm true. like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Like you guys just, can you kill like the mood anymore? And I actually have become a bit cynical about the whole thing. I'm just like, listen, to keep your selfish traditions and ways and whatever, I don't even care because my, my, my favorite, um, uh, Christian um, holiday or season or whatever you want to call it is um, Holy Week. Um, yeah. But, you know, at least when I was growing up, um, even with, it's funny because we could have any family drama all year round, but Christmas came along and we all got along like we didn't have, like we weren't dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I feel like that's like bravo because I'm not sure it goes yeah, that way. For and a that's lot of how people. it went. It was just like we just all got together. We ate, we whatever, the music went on for hours. We went to bed and we, hours of the morning. I mean, the food, the, you know, family, it was great. All the cousins, it was awesome. And, um, and it was just like celebration starts probably right after Thanksgiving and it goes into January till uh, past Epiphany. Awesome. Epiphany is a six. Um, for us, it's Three Kings mm-hmm. Day and then it goes on to the Alhokta Vita, which is eight days later. And I don't know, it just goes on forever. So, to me, um, the Christmas season is more of a unity and you just forget everything and enjoy each other. And I just can't wrap my mind around the drama of gifts and no gifts and whatever and people. And I just sit here and I'm just like, ugh, I was totally going to spend Christmas this 
winter um, this year in Puerto Rico. And then when I went to go buy airline tickets, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not spending all that money. <laughs> right. Tickets. Especially yes, never mind. because if Corona is still, you know, raging, uh, we may end up having to just be quarantined or locked up. I'm like, forget it. Um, yeah. But uh, this year I was really wanting to go home and, and enjoy some of that. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't get it. I, I sit back and I'm just like, why do you even bother getting together with people if it's going to be so whatever? Just stay home and eat your own turkey or whatever you do. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and I think that that's the thing. And so sometimes I think for me, I I think it like if if that's what people then associate with the word tradition, mm-hmm. then this is why people are like, I mean, forget it. Toss yep. that out. Um, and so I don't know. I think that like the, to me, I just, I just save cause those are like the quiet moments. So then like the running around beforehand, but like, there's something about coming to the table. And I feel like even with what you just said too, right? Like, well, all the rest of the year, but there should be that moment where it's like, but now at this moment, we come to this table like maybe because it always felt like it carried a reverence for me. And again, I think sometimes people assume like reverence and legalism are the same thing and they mm-hmm. really are not. Um, but it's just this like willingness to quiet yourself and quiet all the other drama and all the other things. And, um, and I think probably because it, that was finally like after an extremely busy and hard season, you know, like, for my parents, as far as, you know, being in the deli for all those hours and, and, you know, all the hard work that went into that, that was like, okay, now, now we like sit down. This is like the deep breath and the exhale, Mm -hmm. right. After all of that. And so I still feel that way about that. I still feel that way about most holidays. Um, I feel that way about Thanksgiving. I feel that way about Christmas day. Um, even about Easter, um, though Easter lunch definitely for us has this like different vibe because I feel like you've been mm-hmm. somber right <laughs> leading up to it and then like I mean I can't I don't know what it is but like church for me on Sunday morning on Easter Sunday is like um, I just feel like so light and happy so uh, that one does have a different maybe feel to it but um, but there is just this moment of just the exhale um, and the quiet and the savoring. Like I'm a huge person about savoring things and life in general. Um, We let so many things rush past us on a regular basis um, that I feel this like strong pull um, probably for most of my life, but I, I didn't know, like I couldn't put it into words um, until like the last few years where I'm like, it's a, for me, it's about savoring life. It's about savoring, um, moments and relationships. Um, and as a result, yes, food and traditions and, and all those other things. So those are the things that I think that ultimately, um, make that special as opposed to make it like just, oh, it's that thing we have to do because it's mm-hmm. tradition. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the, that's the, the defining line, at least for me. Do you have any specific so. traditions that you do with your kids? Like, do you bake something? Well, you said you don't bake, but do you cook something together? Do <laughs> you know, is there something that you do specific with them, a craft or anything like that? 
Well, so per- so when I make pierogies, I make them like mm-hmm. I make a lot because um, I don't just make them for that one meal. So um, it's sort of already a labor intensive thing. So I'm like, well, we're going to make enough so that there's going to be stuff here for like, you know, like we're going to because I can have pierogies, you know, mm-hmm. at any time throughout the rest of the year. Um, and that's one of the things that I do like to get my kids involved in. Um, and they'll come and they'll help. When um, do you make them? Like I've already. So I, when do you make again. them? Usually some, it'll be like sometime between now and before Christmas, but prefer, preferably like that's not something we save until the last week of Christmas because it's our, it's just pretty labor intensive. Like you're pretty much there for like, I don't know, yeah. four or five hours on an afternoon. So sometime in the fall, it's kind of a thing. Now, it, again, it, that's one of those things. It depends on the year. You know, some years you have like crazy busy years. Like I already had it in my calendar to do it like mm-hmm. three weeks ago. And guess what did not happen? <laughs> so, um, because I was like, this year I'm going to be really organized. Uh, so sometimes, I mean, it just happens when it happens. But it's just the fact that like, just there's something about sitting there and having them like put the filling in and close the little pouches. Um, you know, you have to go over it. It's, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, that they're not like their pierogies are not going to be perfect and beautiful. <laughs> um, certainly not when like my daughter started and she was probably like five or six and it was pretty butchered. Um, sometimes it was just be her sitting there playing with her own pile of dough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and me doing it and that but that mm-hmm. was fine like I'm because it's it's not really about like it's not about like how well did you make your pierogies today but more about like just that having that moment together and knowing that this is something that is um a thing I there was a girl there was a lady here who um um who lived in in our town before she moved away to Maine and left me to, I think to maybe be the only per- Polish person left um, which was, I was, we were already, I feel like a bit of an anomaly <laughs> but um, yeah. for where we are. But so at one year we actually, I, maybe it was more than once, um, but for sure, at least, no, I think we, she and I did it twice, but um, we, I invited her and her daughter over too. And so, and my mom was there. And so we like, all of us made them um, together. So it was like, that felt really special as well, even though, you know, I mean, not family, but there was something about having someone else who understood um, there and then being able to do it with her daughter, too. And um, it was just a really nice experience. And it was nice to have like Polish flowing in the in the kitchen. And so that was, you know, that was kind of a, a special moment um, that way. But so sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's earlier. Sometimes it's sometimes I have made them the day before. Um, but you know, usually I do try to make it at some point just so that I'm not like stressing about it. Um, so I'd like to do it at least a few weeks out if I can. Well, you know, one of but, my, you know, things on it's... my bucket list is to go to your house when you make them and make them with you. So, cause I like those, I like those store-bought well, we pierogies will... just fine, Mrs. Whatever they're called, but I know that yours have to taste 50,000 times better. <laughs> so... I've... So here's the, so, but this is the interesting thing. So, you know, between my Nutella and my ham sausage Mm -hmm. story and never, you know, and, and so many others, when I think about the things that I love about like my food traditions, 
I've gotten so used to people being like, mm, what are you eating? That I I almost get to the point where I just assume no one wants it. Does that make sense? Like, oh, they probably wouldn't like it because it's got, you know, I don't know, some weird stuff in it. She puts sauerkraut <laughs> in there or whatever. And so um, now, to be fair, I make an amazing sauerkraut and mushroom pierogi. Like, it's probably the best sauerkraut mushroom pierogi I ever didn't eat, even know I'm they saying, came with um, mushrooms and sauerkraut in them. I just know the little mashed potato and cheese. Well, <laughs> yes. well and that, and see, and that's what, so when that's what I feel like people think of like mm-hmm. that. And I don't know, it's sort of like, I'm sure you've seen it with many, many other, it's like Tex-Mex, you know, um, I have friends who are, you know, much more Mexican than that. And they're like, you cannot stop calling that Mexican food. <laughs> um, and so like, you know, I mean, everything gets, you know, adjusted yeah, to Amer- palettes that, you know, that things will work. Um, I do make the, the potato and cheese ones as well. But um, but I, I think I get to the point where I'm like, just keep your head down. No one's going to want to eat your weird food. But well, girlfriend, um, we have weird food. Care, so like it. <laughs> Puerto Rico. I mean, we we um, have this sausage called morcilla. And, um, you know, you guys were in the sausage business. But I, I don't know. I imagine that probably the slaves or the really poor people came up with this because, you know, that the weird stuff and the body parts that nobody thinks anybody wants to put in their mouth, those are eaten by the poor people. It's just a fact of animals, you know. Right. And so what we do is we take the intestines and of uh, the pig. Well, first, when we butcher the pig, um, we, like, stab him in the neck. And so we collect all that blood um, in, a, in a bucket or whatever. But meanwhile, um, the intestines then are um, cleaned. And they are, like, washed with soap and water. They're reversed. They're scrubbed. They're, like, crap, you know, decrapped. And I don't know what else they put in there, mm-hmm. vinegar, whatever. So you do that because you use the actual intestines as casing. And then that blood is mixed with rice and seasonings. And then you pour that into the intestines, you tie them up, and then you boil them. And then you freeze them if you're not going to eat them immediately. And if not, you fry them. Oh, my gosh. Mm. So mm. Um, we have a very <laughs> similar sauce in Poland. <laughs> I'm yes. not joking. Um, I'm not joking. Yeah. It's called a blood sausage, actually. Um, and that's, yeah. And actually, I was just, um, I discovered in Dallas, there is actually a, um, it's a, it's a Polish store, but it's like, they're, they're trying to sell lots of different European um, products from different other, you know, European countries as well. Well, I would probably say like more Eastern European that, you know, they're not selling yeah. French and, you know, British, British food, but um that feels like that's easier to get your hands on but the um but I we we took a trip down there and I was so excited but yes they had a sausage like that and I was like oh my gosh it's been forever so I totally bought it and yes you fry it that's exactly but usually it has um some kind of buckwheat or other type of grain like Mm. grain like a barley grain which those would be more like mm-hmm. prominent or you know that those are sort of the grains of of eastern europe so buckwheat's a, in fact i also would make a buckwheat and sauerkraut um pierogi as well because that's th- these are just the types of ingredients that you you know that w- we grew up with so um but no that sausage is not yes i, I thought it wouldn't because, because you know i am sausage yeah so let me ask you this uh sauerkraut and mushroom what type of mushroom do you use in it 
Uh, well, because it's so hard for me to actually mm-hmm. get wild mushrooms here, um, I just use a uh, I use baby oh, portobello mushrooms because so it's mm-hmm. a darker mushroom. Um, I also have this. Um, this is probably something I am very legalistic about. I believe that mushrooms should only be cooked in butter because, well, no. To be fair, I think that mushrooms taste different if you cook them in oil. I mean, it's butter and butter. <laughs> of course, and, it tastes better. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, yes. Unless, well, or but I actually I mean, really many of those two would suffice. <laughs> I mean, I just think the flavor of the mushroom is different. Like I, you can tell the difference when it was cooked in oil versus when it was cooked in butter. And so, what I like to do is, like, even the sauerkraut, you know, comes out of the jar, um, and I actually boil mine mm-hmm. a little bit. And then I will strain it and I will saute finely chopped onions with the sauerkraut um, because that takes some of that like edge off of it. Like I love a yeah. sauerkraut out of the jar, but this is this makes it very smooth mm-hmm. and <laughs> buttery and delicious. Um, and then I also saute finely chopped onions with um, with the mushrooms in butter and when it's when both are ready, I actually throw them into a food processor. So I make it's a very fine, like almost not a paste, but it's a very fine mix. And so, but the flavors together blend beautifully, and um, they make for a great filling. And so it's just, I mean, it's kind of like you get a little bit of the sour, but because of the mushrooms and there's just so much flavor. I don't know. Mm, they just give off so much flavor, and the two complement each other quite nicely um but yes i i prefer a darker like the the baby portobellas or the, yeah. i think they call them baby bellas or something but they i really like them i prefer them to like a white mushroom so um but for the soup i really do try to hunt down wild mushrooms for that it's difficult because there's a, there are specific types of mu- wild mushrooms that grow in poland that are the best and they just they're just amazing um that are harder to get but you know my parents live in poland Mm -hmm. now again and so their land that they bought um actually they get to pick their own mushrooms and this has been like you know something my parents didn't get to do for like i don't know almost Mm -hmm. 40 years and so Mm -hmm. this is like the joy of their days right now is like it's mushroom picking season and they are just in heaven getting to pick mushrooms again in fact they sent us a picture of one um a couple days ago and it was like i mean huge it's like one of the biggest mushrooms i've ever seen in my life like i mean like i don't want to say as big as my mom <laughs> it was big I mean, it was pretty oh big. that's awesome so but that's one of those like i love for them too that they get to they get to sort of keep up with that tradition again so i however however will just have to go find some <laughs> to purchase that are already you know dried but um because that's how we buy them so you buy them they're dehydrated yeah. or dried out right and then you soak them and then um and that's always a funny thing too because you know we know the ones that were we know the ones that we buy are not poisonous um but there's a tradition that you have to put a whole onion like i mean obviously yeah. you peel the skin off but you throw it in if it comes out black and you can't eat the soup because it's that's how you know really? poison that the mushrooms is that accurate it. do you think yes so 
I mean, I'm. A, <laughs> I guess it must have been because that's there's enough Polish people alive who ate who do their own. Well, come on, people thought the earth was flat, so you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't start anything. There's still people who do. Right, so right. <laughs> Okay, if if you don't be starting to this podcast here. and you think the earth is flat, I still love you. But anyway, um, whatever, man. <laughs> just let me just let me know where not to go if I'm really gonna fall off. I, I, I won't go that way. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, because there's there's wives' tales and stuff. So that's, I'm really seriously asking if if you know if it's accurate or not. Um, I believe that. So my, I'm going to say that in in my. I feel like yes, but partially because onions are known for absorbing bacteria Mm -hmm. and stuff, which is why I always tell people, if you think you got food poisoning for something, it might have been the onions. Mm. Um, I because truly like for me, I can tell you it's all it's often been the onions. People are like, it was the mayonnaise. And I'm like, (laughs) but um, (laughs) Onions absorb bacteria, and so that's I think that that's where that one comes from. But you know, our onions always come out looking fine, and they just flavor the soup really I love well. Onions so. too. Oh, that's amazing! So, any other traditions, Polish traditions, that you want to uh, share with us before we start wrapping up here? Um, I don't know. I feel like. That's well, I think I didn't realize growing up that like, you know, you were mentioning the way that like your holidays run and then it's like through Epiphany. I think that like I didn't know the terminology growing mm-hmm. up. Does that make sense? So my parents would be like, Well, it's the first day, it's the first day of Christmas, and I'd be like, Okay. But like I just didn't it didn't click for me until I got older. In fact, until um, you know, Chris and I started attending the Episcopal church and then I was like, Oh, that's what that was. Um, because you know, in the Episcopal church is very defined and you know, like these are the, the, this is what the 12 mm-hmm. days of Christmas means. And this is what, it be- so it's like, I didn't realize we had that. Um, but then it all like started to click as an adult for me that I was like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. That makes sense now. Um, that this is exactly what was happening. And so I think that there were a lot of sort of Catholic traditions from um, from my childhood that I just didn't, um, just because, you know, my family ended up leaving the Catholic church when I was uh, about 13. So then anything that was considered Catholic in the church that we ended up being in for a while was like, oh, no, 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 no. Catholic is bad. And so I feel like I didn't, I, I missed those things. I missed the connection of those things. And so now when I look back, I'm like, oh, well, no, we, that's exactly what we were doing. And um, and so, I mean, people in Poland definitely still take that, you know, kind of seriously, like, well, no, it's now it's the first day of Christmas and the second day of Christmas. And so they, they definitely like, um, they definitely have experiences that honestly, we did not have just because we were, mm-hmm. it was just us. Right. So, because I know that my dad said, well, you know, the first day of Christmas would be this, but then on the second day of Christmas, well, that's when you would go over to different aunts and uncles houses and stuff. And those are things that we didn't, you know, that we didn't necessarily have. Um, But, you know, again, that's one of those things you're also living somewhere else now. And so you kind of fall in line with the, you know, traditions of whatever's happening Um, in Canada, for example, the day after Christmas day, is Boxing Day, and that's like Canada's Black mm. Friday, and 
Um, and that's just something that we never participated in because my parents were like, um, no, I'm sorry. It's the second yes. day. Like, <laughs> we don't have aunts and uncles, we're, going- we're not going shopping. <laughs> but we're not going shopping. And so that was one of those interesting things. And then, of course, the transition to realize like, well, now that's not a thing here because that happens the day after Thanksgiving. So it's just kind of it's just kind of always been an interesting thing to sort of, you know, see all those see all those I know I remember but... when I first moved here as an adult and I was working and um Holy Week came and uh so there's um uh the Friday right um and uh <laughs> what was it oh I just I don't remember what we we're talking about and in my mind you know we have off Friday because in Puerto Rico everything shuts down Friday right and then I, I realized last minute that we were working and I felt like that was such a sacrilege. Like, what, <laughs> what are you heathens? It's like a <laughs> slap in the face, so I right? I had to take every year a vacation day. I would ask for it at the beginning of the year because they would open on Friday. And I was like, no, you don't do that. Right. <laughs> but so, you know, it's interesting because growing up, actually, it was a day off for in Canada, it was still, I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if it's changed now, but when I was growing up, I mean, Good Friday was like, I mean, it certainly was a bank and like government holiday and we didn't have school. Um, And that's possible because we went to a Catholic school so that it's possible for that. But I do know that for the most part, it was taken as a pretty, you know, um, pretty seriously. I think my parents still had, like, I think a lot of retail stuff probably was still open, but certainly it wouldn't have been open the same hours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like things would have shut down a little bit earlier, but yeah, no, I remember, um, those are kind of interesting things that where you're like, Oh wait, that's not a thing here. Um, and you know, and I think in Poland, it's even more like, there's definitely more national holidays that are like taken pretty seriously that way that are, we wouldn't think twice about yeah. them here. Um, and they are certainly based around, you know, mm-hmm. faith. So, um, and that that is an interesting thing. I actually still find that that's kind of a challenging thing for me because, you know, um, we do take, like, as a family, we take Holy Week um, seriously. And so it's always interesting. We're like, yeah, no, we can't come to that. Cause you know, well, Thursday's Tenebrae. So oh, no, I mean, it's not Tenebrae, um, Monday, Thursday. And we're like, yeah, can't we can't be there and people look at you like what wait what why um and you're like well that's a really important service for us right and then and that whole holy week we're pretty like I mean we're in church a lot so um but it is interesting that you know it's still that navigating that also that's like an extra whole extra navigation um aside from even culture absolutely well Magdalena thank you so much for being on and sharing your Oh, thank you. Your for life story me. and your traditions. And I do. I have it on my mind of goals to come over and make pierogies with you sometime. Well, now you I know when it, you I make promise. them because <laughs> I remember thinking, I know she makes them, but I didn't pay attention to the time of the year. But now it's ingrained. So um, we'll make them. And uh... well, for that, we would like, we wouldn't make that one a fly by night operation. I mean, then we would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we would have to plan for sure, because <laughs> so. um, I don't, I wouldn't want to miss it, and I definitely want to try that mushroom and sauerkraut one. Mm, yeah, do you put mashed potatoes in that, or is it just I sauerkraut mean, and mushrooms in it? No, mm. that one's just that, and then I do a separate one with with mashed potatoes, and of course I use 
well, I don't know. It's 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 a cottage cheese, but it's not cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. It's just that's another one of those funny. Um, I guess here you can find it if it's called mm-hmm. like a farmer's cheese. So not everybody knows. Yeah, they make farmer's so cheese around here. I, I feel like when 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 you see co- when people see cottage cheese in the grocery store, like that's not the yeah. kind of cottage cheese I'm talking about. So awesome. Well, now I'm hungry. So, and I don't have any pierogies in my freezer. I know, me too. Just from a bag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, darling. Well, thank you so much. Stay healthy. You and yours. Thank you for having me. I will see you around.